Hi, friend. Before we start the podcast today, really quickly, I just wanted to remind you that I do individual and group coaching, and there's some exciting opportunities for me to work directly with you. So please do check out the link in the show notes. That's it for now. On with the podcast. Hello and welcome, my friend, to Coffee with Keith. I'm Father Dr. J. Keith Brown, teacher, coach, and author. And my mission in life, as well as the mission of this podcast, is to help my LGBTQIA plus Christian family heal their church trauma, construct authentic and affirming faith, as well as develop healthy and happy relationships. So if that's you, you are so welcome here. Thank you for listening. One disclaimer, though, please. I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, grab that cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Bible Talks. And so glad you could join me. And we are continuing our walk through the book of Acts. And today we're going to be in the fourth chapter, verses 23 through 31. And let me set again the context, because to me, and I preach this and I teach this and I encourage this all the time, dear follower of Jesus, check your context. When you're studying scripture, no matter where you are, make sure you understand contextually what's going on in the book. So one of the reasons that I loved when I teach and when I speak to work through a book of the Bible is because it leads us in context. We we basically are working our way through it. So we're seeing how the story unfolds. And that's true for the book of Acts as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's go back and remember what has happened. The Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin, which is the the priest and and the Sadducees that were involved, brought Peter and John to them, put them in prison originally, um, brought them and for them, and basically told them in no uncertain terms, you must not preach this message that you're preaching. Now, you know as well as I do, if you had any time in the book of the Bible, um, that Peter is not one to cower down very easily, and he speaks his mind, and he is probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible, because in some ways I can relate to him, um, because I do things uh, sometimes I shouldn't, Peter did some things he shouldn't, and sometimes I speak just from the heart, and I speak it out there, and maybe there are times when I should have kept my mouth shut. Um and maybe we're all like that to some degree, but uh, Peter just inspires me because all the mistakes he still made, and yet uh, Jesus still loved him, and in the apostolic faith, um, was so loved and appreciated by Jesus that um, he became the first bishop of the church. So um, anyway, uh, that was a little rabbit trail there. So <laughs> let me pull it back to the book of Acts. All that to say, contextually, Peter and John were arrested. They were released under the command that they could not preach this gospel, this resurrection, this Jesus. So they go back and they go to their their 
group of uh, friends and supporters and fellow disciples and everything. And they tell them what happened and they, they tell them, Hey, you know, this is what they've told us. And it's interesting because you would expect that there would be anger and there would be, and there could have been, I, we don't really know exactly everything that happened and everything they said and how their response. But I love the fact that, that what the scripture does give us is a good way to react when things come against us. And what has happened here, they have been told in no uncertain terms that you're not going to do this. You're not going to preach. You're not going to speak about this Jesus and this resurrection. So what do they do as a group, not only Peter and John, but the whole group that are gathered together? They pray. And one of the things that they do within this prayer was to reflect on Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2, where they believe that that psalm was prophetic about this situation. So what they did was was go to God and say, you know, God, you know, um, this has happened. So instead of taking it away, they did not even pray that the the restrictions and that the leaders would change their mind. What they prayed for was boldness. They prayed here in this text to say, God, give them the boldness, the strength to keep doing what you want them to do. And it's interesting to me because in this whole process, they realize that they have a calling, they have a purpose, they have a job to do, they have the the, the burden on their heart to share the message of hope and peace and love and the resurrection that comes through Jesus Christ. And they have that on their heart and their spirit, and they are determined not to let the Sanhedrin keep them from fulfilling the greater calling that God had placed on their life. And so they prayed that God would strengthen them. Now, maybe you and I, dear friend, have a calling on our life that God has placed deep within our spirits. It might not be the same. And you may be sitting there or listening to my voice and going, Keith, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what God has for me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I say, that's okay. It's okay. But I will tell you that I believe that if you are a follower of God, if you have placed your life in Jesus, if you if you thirst after relationship with Jesus, if you want to follow him, if you want to be his disciple, if you want to share his his messages of love and, and encouragement, then I believe that there are callings on our lives as people of Jesus to do things to represent Jesus, to use who we are, to, to bless others in the name of Jesus. Now, how you do that and what it looks like, that's different for every person. You don't do what I do, and I don't do what you do, and that's okay. It's the whole that makes the whole thing work, that makes the message important, that makes the message effective. So I, I I look at this and and I I can't help but see that there is a duality of blessing here. There's a duality of of action, if you will, and it is this: number one, the disciples didn't stop doing what they needed to do. That's number one. 
So the first thing I would say is if God puts something on our heart, God gives us a job to do, God gives us things that we are to 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 pursue, then we need to pursue and do those things. But here's the second part of that. We're not in that alone. We need to believe in God and his power and his influence in the world and in our lives and in our work. I cannot tell you how many times I have been around people, including myself, by I'm throwing my hat in this ring as well, who have said, you know, I want to please God. I'm working for God. I'm doing things for God. And yet they act like the results are completely up to them. You know, I can speak, I can teach, I can love, I can do all the things that I can do that God has placed on my heart and given me the ability to do in his name. I can do all of that. But the only thing that I can cannot control is how God uses it and blesses it. The results are up to God. And many times we, as followers of Jesus, look at the results or look at the things and our expectations and our goals and our wants and our, you know, what we feel should happen. And if those things don't happen, we feel like failures. And yet, I think that this example here of how these these disciples went up, they were they were. They had a hardship. They they went up. They were attacked, basically, and told, you can't do this. The reception wasn't good there. They There were so many obstacles placed before them, and yet they would not give up because the end result was not the issue. It was the obedience to their calling. And with that, they would not surrender. And because of the unity between their effort and God's blessings— people were still impacted with the power of God. So take comfort, we're not alone, but take responsibility that we have work to do. And it's not a burden, it's a blessing that God calls us to. Okay, that's from my heart, that's from this text trying to stay within the context of Acts. All right, that's all I want to tell you today, except this. When God tells you to do it, keep doing it, but trust him with the end. Blessings, heal those hurts, move those mountains, and may God truly bless you today. Amen. Well, there you go, my friend, this episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.